Dear listeners, where are you today, right this moment? In the car, at work, in the kitchen, out for a walk? Does the truth that God is with you right now, right where you are, make you want to hide, or do you feel comforted? Second Chronicles 16, nine tells us, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward Him. Everywhere you are today, God's eyes are on you. Eyes not glaring in condemnation, but eyes filled with tenderness, desiring to give you strong support. Let's savor His nearness as we listen to today's story of God's presence in the everyday, ordinary lives of women. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. In this episode, we will hear from Marilyn Johnson and Sharon Wells, two of our ladies' Bible teachers here at Dawson. They share how God transformed their intimidation at teaching to delight in studying and sharing God's Word. Enjoy. I'm Rachel Langston. I'm here with Kristen Torres for Everywhere You Are today. Yay. We are so excited to have Sharon Wells and Marilyn Johnston with us. So I would love to begin with Sharon. Where are you today? Well, today I am 50 years married. I have two grown children. Each of them have two children. The boys are wrestlers and baseball players. The girls are dancers, taekwondoers. I have one who's a black belt at age 12. They play the piano and go to acting class and they don't have time to do anything else. And so it's George and I, since we're both retired, spend most of our time attending all those things. So that's pretty much where our time goes. Yeah, except for Wednesdays, Wednesdays are here. Marilyn, where are you today? Well, I'm married to Jerry Johnson, and we have two children. Both of them are far away, and they each have four children of their own. So our oldest turned 13 this weekend, and our youngest is 18 months. So, (laughs) and six in between, all boys except one girl in each family. We spend as much time as we can with them. I taught at uh, JSU, taught math for mostly education majors for many, many years. And that was my my second love, and Bible study is my first love. So what do y'all do at Dawson? I teach Bible study to ladies, both on Wednesday morning and on Sunday morning, and and I absolutely love it. We could almost be twins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bible study is my jam. Um, Wednesdays in the morning began in the morning and I was just pressed and I wasn't sure why but it turns out that I was being pressed God was pushing me to do a night study and I'm so glad that I'm able to because we have working women who can't come to all our morning activities and so I'm able to do that I can't not do it Mm. can't imagine not having it because when you teach you're a better student of the Bible than your students. Mm-hmm. So I cling to that and enjoy the heck out of doing it. How many years have you been doing? This is my 21st year. Wow. And you taught in other churches before y'all came yes. to Birmingham. Yes. And I taught from the time I was in college, I started teaching youth and did that for many years. 
And then I moved up to, you know, you just knew that that season was over. I moved up to college and I taught for co- the college students for many years. It was a it was a good fit since I was teaching college. And then one day I knew it was over and I moved to ladies. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a strange thing because I knew it was time for me to move on, but I still wanted to teach. And the nominating committee came to me and they wanted me to teach some senior adult ladies. And I said, well, I don't want to teach them. (laughs) I was like, they're older and wiser and they know everything. What in the world could I contribute to them? But I ended up doing it and it was such a blessing. It was such a blessing. And they they did have wisdom and they shared it with me and they that it was just the most precious time. So that was wonderful that God allowed me went before me and allowed that to happen even though I didn't think it was what I wanted well I, I was a see we could be twins I taught public school too but I taught short people <laughs> and I didn't think I'd ever teach other than mm. short people so when this ministry hit me in the face it was tall people <laughs> and they were very scary at first but now um, I just realized that's about the only difference is the uh-huh. height and uh-huh. um, have just been so pleasantly surprised mm. that God's allowed me to to communicate to adults. Mm. I wonder if I will ever go back to teaching children. I don't no, know. I've never gone back. You it, haven't? That was just the stepping stone that God used to always teach women. So. Yeah. And I, and I was very much, I guess, scared to teach men. Mm. And in the night class, we advertised it as co-ed so we began having a few brave men we chased most Mm -hmm. of them off although we have Rachel's husband with us and Mm -hmm. several uh, we've had a a rotation we've had as many as five at a time and then as few as two so that's been have any men ever come without their wives no Uh -uh. (laughs) that's the only way they get there (laughs) I didn't think about that but I know well I have to um, Shannon and Mike came and then we're there and then Nicole and her husband are there now and Casey McClellan who's a member here um, comes by himself because his wife's in choir and choir practice happens at the same time at night so he does okay I'd forgotten I'm sorry Mm -hmm. I, I forgot him but yeah and contributes. A lot of the times the men come and don't have a whole lot to say, but it's because we don't give them enough (laughs) opportunity to jump in there sometimes. So I've found that Kevin will talk to my sister before class way more than he talks in class. And they're generally talking about the homework, not always. I feel like I've known you most of my life, but as I've gotten to know y'all in the ministry realm, specifically women's ministry and Bible study, You both have a story, and this may be what you wanted to share or not what you wanted to share. When has the Lord answered a prayer of yours in an unexpected way? I would love for you both to share just a tiny bit of what that means and why you're doing what you do here. Well, I guess the the years ago, many years ago, when I was still doing college ministry, there was women's Bible studies that came out at Lifeway. And uh, we happened to be in Nashville for some reason. But anyhow, I wanted to go in the Lifeway store because, 
it was a big one. And um, mm-hmm. I saw this Bible study and I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I had my a history of the church that I went to right after we married, um, that they did precept courses, but they only did them in the daytime and they only did it during the school year. So I was never able to do that. So I'd always wanted to do an inductive Bible study. And so I went back to my church and I had a friend who sometimes did like book reviews and stuff with women and I said I want to do this study and so I talked her into teaching it. I was thrilled that I was getting to do it and then about a month into the study it was our music minister's wife and they got moved to a church in Georgia and she said here (laughs) and I said I can't teach women. (laughs) Kind of like what you were saying. But anyhow, she said, I'm leaving. And so there I was, and I was afraid. But uh, I I was already in love with the inductive process of of learning that way. And so that's when I started teaching women on the weeknight. And then I started doing those Bible studies on Tuesday night and did it, I know, for 20 years before we ever even moved Mm -hmm. to Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So I I just love it. And as you were saying, it's like when I, I always teach from the overflow. I just, I study and I learn and I can't wait to tell somebody. That's it. That's it. So so I'm not a very formal teacher like when I was teaching math it's not the same but it but it's like I just can't wait to tell somebody and that's what I do and so where I'm normally a little bit shy in a large group when I start teaching the Bible it just comes out it's just it's just God it has to be God so I've been doing it ever since had you done inductive prior to that no no that was my first thing that was anything and you know I've done things like experiencing God where they teach it to you you and then they just ask you questions to but see you if you don't really comprehended know that's what it. it is. Yeah. So to see if you've comprehended what they've told you. But in that very first study I was like, I want to know how to do this. I how does she get in there and find this stuff? <laughs> and so that that started me on the track of learning how to study the Bible for myself. And I, I and loved it. And, and that's when I went to New Orleans and did the women's ministry certificate. certificate. Yeah. And then I did the advanced women's ministry because I was just, I was just a sponge. You were a sponge, yeah. yeah. So you were doing that and you were teaching college. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> teaching Sunday morning. And I look back now and I think, how did I do that? (laughs) Well, you know, I think a lot of times I'll hear younger women who have small children or children that are growing up and, you know, talking to them about inductive study. Mm -hmm. And when I say the H word homework, they're like, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. I don't have time for that Mm -hmm. at all. But I have found that the less time I have, the better I am at studying. Mm -hmm. And when you've got small children, I can't think of a better place than the Bible to to strengthen Mm -hmm. you, to encourage you, to lift you up. Mm -hmm. It renews you. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see more young girls not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And I understand I was afraid. But the way I got started, I was a late bloomer. Um, I was not saved until my late 30s. And it was at a women's precept conference Mm -hmm. that my mother-in-law dragged me to. The only reason I went is because I knew I had babysitters and I had a weekend without children. (laughs) I'm just saying. I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just the comedy of errors that whole weekend. My husband was in school. I was working 
I didn't, I had limited funds. And so this was paid for, which also was a bonus. And so I took my best pair of navy blue polyester pants to wear the whole time. (laughs) And of course I traveled in something else. So I got ready to change the first morning and I had brought my husband's (laughs) navy blue pants. So I wore the same thing three days in a row. And I thought that would bother me a whole lot. The things that you remember. Oh, it is. It's crazy. (laughs) But they said that they were going to teach the Lord's Prayer for eight hours. In my mind, I said, it isn't that long. <laughs> what they gonna get? <laughs> that it, and and I was hooked from that point on because yeah. I could not get enough. And I thought mm-hmm. this is the weirdest thing because y'all, my my Bible was stuck together. None of the big pages were turned, and so they were flipping all over the place. And I was trying to, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know where all the books were. I was mm-hmm. just fresh off the boat when it came to all that. And so that night they taught, they said, tomorrow we're going to do eight hours on the names of God. I thought, well, he's God. What what are they going to do with that? So just to let you see, that's how raw I was. But my mother-in-law was a precept student, had been for years, and dragged me for three years to her classes. And I could not wait to get there. Mm -hmm. I could not wait to get there. And so finally, I began to teach adult Sunday school. I taught with Doug Arendahl for a while and just wherever they needed me. I was like, I can't wait to tell people. It's yeah, what you what said. Because yeah. I'm doing precept courses and I'm thinking, this is what we, you know, I want to do this. I want them to see this. And so it sort of graduated into doing inductive adult Sunday school. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget one summer I was with my mother-in-law at a precept class and she looked at me and she said, you need to be teaching this. Mm-hmm. I just don't argue with her. And so I didn't. (laughs) And I started 21 years ago with three other people. And that's how it went. So I know you've never been asked this question before. (laughs) Oh, no. But briefly explain what inductive Bible study is. Well, if you look at the word inductive, it means in the Bible. (laughs) basically. That's where you go. You don't have to look outside of that until you finish. And it means that you want to know what you're reading in the Bible says. Just plain old, what does it say? The next thing you're looking for is what does it mean? How can I get meaning from that? And there are tools for that. You can do cross-references to different places. You can look up words in the original Greek or Hebrew. And the what does it mean becomes clearer and clearer. And then the most important step is, what do I do with it now? How do I apply that? But the process itself, we can label it. The first one is observation. When you observe, you're asking who, what, when, where, why, and how. If that's all you ever get done, you've done a ton. And then you progress beyond that to the, what does it mean using those tools that I said? And then application just comes. Mm -hmm. You can't interpret. People are always worried about, is it interpreting that's, you know, so tricky? Well, no, you do the work in observing. If you do a great job of observation, answering five W's and H, you've gone back through and reread it more times than you can imagine. By the time you get to end of that process, you're already interpreting. And application, of course, is key because you want it to transfer to your doing, being, and then doing. So, yeah, that's a good explanation. How do y'all decide what you're going to teach? A lot of times when you're teaching one semester, something there's something that bubbles up. 
either from them or just a consistent theme or something. And it's like, we need to go further there. And that kind of directs for the next time I teach. I like when that happens. That's the best scenario. (laughs) But there are times, and this happened not long ago, and I was at the end of the semester and I thought, I don't have one clue what I'm going to do next. And so you start praying (laughs) because he knows what we need to do. Right, right. And y'all tend to have a fair number of the same people each Mm -hmm. semester. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you've got some new people coming and going. Yeah, but But there's a core that usually does Mm -hmm. everyone. And I have said, y'all know anything you want to study next time? (laughs) You know, when I'm in one of those places where nothing has bubbled up, you know. And that's when they say, oh, anything you want to do? Of course they do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you're like, what am I going to do? Well, we generally stick to books of the Bible. And going from where we've been and understanding that some of the people in the room weren't here 20 years ago, we've gone back and redone some. A few topical studies. But the way to determine, like right now we're finishing up Acts, and so we could go just about anywhere with that. But they had suggested it would be a great idea if we did the letters according to when Paul wrote them. Mm. So that's a possibility. So um, the names of God is one of my very, very most favorites mm-hmm. dear to me because it was one of the first ones yeah, I was so introduced to. Mm, yeah. So that's something that's up in the air. But really, it's prayer. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, this isn't going to sound right, it's not even like intentional prayer. It's not like, Lord, I'm going to pray now for what we're going to study. Right. <laughs> it could be about okay. anything else, but something will happen in the room. Mm-hmm. I'll get a call or... I mean, it's just uncanny the yeah, way the so right good. thing. He he takes good care because he knows who's going to be in that room. Mm-hmm. And I do. I think it's the orchestrating of the Holy Spirit. Definitely. Absolutely. And all the way down to conversations that we have mm-hmm. one-on-one with y'all. Mm-hmm. And, well, I know I said this to you last semester and last year, but I'm saying it to you again. Yeah. Okay. Let's lean in. Yeah. <laughs> let's listen That's, to that. Yeah. Got to. Um, and then the confirmation that comes yes. after that is like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, this was what I was supposed to be doing. I right. love that. I love right. that. Yeah. Now, Revelation might have been the wrong. <laughs> By the time we got through two years of it, I thought, was this the right thing to do? And then COVID was in the middle of it. And <laughs> oh, it, yeah. it was supposed to be two years and it ended up being 500 years. <laughs> it was like, please. And even now. In class, the ones who went through that and endured that still say, don't say the R word. <laughs> I was about to say, there's just this groan. Well, and if she's going to need to say the R word, she warns us. Yes. She's I'm, like, I'm just telling y'all the R word's on, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful study. And everybody, there are 66 books. We need to study all 66, including mm-hmm. the dreaded R word. But. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, we go back to it so many times when you wouldn't think it would be appropriate. It's it's everywhere. How many books have you studied? Oh, All gosh. the way through. We've been through the Old Testament except for Jeremiah mm. and Lamentations because that was with Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And then in the New Testament, we have not done Mark or Luke. And we were supposed to do Luke before we did Acts, but I just had to jump into Acts. I couldn't help it. But now I'm wishing we'd gone ahead and done Luke, but that's the story of my life. And then not all of the letters. 
So I think the letter thing, we haven't done Galatians. I've done Philippians elsewhere, but not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I, I hate to say, yeah, and stamp it, but because I need to go back and think. One of my people needs to come in here and go, uh-uh, we didn't do that that's one. Pretty, so, that's pretty amazing. Because yeah. there's a series called Kings and Prophets that mm-hmm. Precept does, and within which I love because it's chronological. So you kind of get that historical mm-hmm. perspective. And within that are the prophets who were the prophets to the kings that you are studying so that it's kind of built in. It's not separate books necessarily. That's impressive. It's fun. It, I can't even, I don't even have the words. Fun doesn't cut it, but <laughs> yeah, it is. It's good. It's, it's nourishment. Mm-hmm. Can't do without it. If you could give one piece of advice to people in the life stage, life season before you, what would it be? My daughter's in that season before me. That's where I went when when you asked that, all this stuff that the grandchildren do. And she and her husband are running a business from home. I mean, it's 24 seven for them all the time. She's in my morning Bible study because she she kept telling me, I'm too busy, I don't have time, I can't do it. There's too much in my mind, on my plate. I, I can't dedicate the time to the homework. And she has finally come around to understanding that she can't not do it and still do everything else on her list as God would have her do it. Mm-hmm. So if you say, I'm too busy, I'm too tired, I'm too lonely, all those other things, Bible studies for all that. It's worth the time. It is, mm-hmm. and priority. Plus, your children watch how you spend your time, and what's important to you is where your time goes. And if you've got people watching, you don't always know they're watching, but mm-hmm. the lessons are being learned. It's nourishment. It's what you said right before. <laughs> it is, truly. I guess I've said this to many, many young women over the years, but I think there's so many stages of life and we're all in one, no matter where you're at, you're in one of those stages. (laughs) And I think we as women try to be overachievers. I think that's typical for women. You need to give yourself a break and know this is the season of life I'm in right now. I won't always be in it. Something else is coming, but not put so many demands on yourself. Pick out what's important and do that. God first, family next. Yep, you know, yep. and priorities. And, not, and church and God are not synonymous. You know, mm. you can't serve on every committee if you've got four kids under the age of five in your house. I mean, you just, you just can't. But you cannot neglect your relationship with the Lord. But don't try to do it all. It's too important. I think so I've told many, many young women that because we, we want to do it all. There's so much good, but just because it's good doesn't mean you need to be doing it. And There's time later. Going back to what you said of being in the Word and teaching the Word, you're just speaking from the overflow. Mm-hmm. I love Isn't that. Is that what we want? Yes. Uh-huh. At any stage. Uh-huh. That's coming yeah. out. Yeah. I, to sit down and structure a Bible, I, I don't know that I would know how to do it. But if you're spending time with the Lord, you've always got something to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it always comes back to you in whoever's in the room. Because mm-hmm. if that's where it's coming from, mm-hmm. you always get a response. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Word and the overflow and the nourishment, a favorite scripture verse that you would want to share? Well, I would say for the last two years, I have probably quoted James 4, 15. We should say, if it be God's will, we will live and do this or that. Oh, yes. I have probably quoted that a thousand times through COVID because... Yeah. 
oh my goodness we know, don't know we really we've been reminded we do not know what's around mm. the corner and it has been a long time my other one that i thought of right now like you said right mm. now in uh, romans 8 those last two verses 38 and 39 that nothing can separate us from the love of god mm. and also i think it relates to where we've been with covid and the lockdowns and the even with the mask on you feel so separate from people and there is a sense of a little bit of loneliness yeah. just longing to connect with people but nothing nothing can separate mm-hmm. us from the love of god so I, that's a favorite passage of mine well <laughs> this is on the back of my bible ephesians 1 3 this is from my mother-in-law b mom who was my spiritual mom and she gave it to me and it has just been velcroed to my heart in Ephesians 1 3 and I wish I could memorize it but somehow I cannot which means God makes me go back in here and look at it every time so I get it in context but basically we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places that translates to me so quit your whining you got everything you need So if you'll just go there, maybe that's partly my mother on my shoulder because that would be what I get from her. But it's true. Sometimes you can just get yourself spiraled down into a pretty bad, dark place if you don't remember who's in charge. And so that verse reminds me that he is in charge and it reminds me to pray. And, you know, praying, the pray without ceasing, I have no problem with. I feel like I'm mumbling to him all the time. My weakness, I think, in my praying is that it, I don't have an intentional agenda. It's just a constant, blah, Lord. And, you know, as I'm driving, as I'm doing whatever, unless it's an illness or, or, or death or, or something that specific. But that verse has um, been with me for a long time. So you mentioned COVID a couple of times. Have you seen any positive things come out of COVID in terms of either your relationship with the Lord or something you've seen in your women now that we're back in person? I think that, I mean, I laughed about that verse, but I think we're all so much more aware. I mean, we make these plans and then <laughs> there's another verse, but we, we have to remember he's in control. And even, you know, with the everything in the world that everybody thinks they're in control, but none of them are except him. And what a wonderful reminder of the sovereignty of God and the providence of God. And, you know, when it first started, I was like, okay, now I know you're letting this happen because you want me to learn something. Tell me what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. ready yeah. to move on. <laughs> I promise I'll learn this. <laughs> but then there was a more of a settledness and like, okay. And... I think more at the beginning when we were absolutely locked down, there was some sweet intentional time because we didn't have anything else sad to say but that you know it was more of that time and then of course we started coming out more and that kind of broke that I do feel like the women they stay you know you finish Mm -hmm. and everybody's gone (laughs) but they stay and I think they missed so much communicating with each other you know and a lot of times they're still talking about what we we talked about for Mm -hmm. the whole you know Mm -hmm. time so I think it's had an impact on us. We're more appreciative of the body of Christ. Yeah, more loving. Mine are more Mm. loving. Mm. You know, they don't have to touch each other. Some of them embrace and hang on there. Those hugs last a while. Mm -hmm. Some of them are still masked and there's a distance thing, but there's no difference in the intensity of the care Mm -hmm. for each other. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. the care has been there in the past, but it's just so 
visible now. Mm-hmm. Really fun to watch. It's deeper. It's it's, it's truly. It's always been there some, but this mm-hmm. seems deeper and more sincere. It's more intentional, I think, right now. I, mm-hmm. I've been reminded, and I can never quote the scripture reference, but that whole, you know, we're really supposed to be living one day at a time anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we call ourselves doing it, mm-hmm. but something like COVID is, has reminded me that you really aren't doing it. Yeah. You know. We had a lady come back this morning that's been gone for three weeks, and it was COVID, and we were like, oh! Back, you know, just a little, a little time. And that yeah. never would have happened before. Right. It's right. just so, we're just so aware of mm-hmm. people's situations and more aware of their needs. And that changes your prayer life to be more focused. Mm-hmm. And there's been some benefit, definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it again, but no, it has been so no. good. We've had loss of life, um, sad, sad things, mm-hmm. but... Um, because that has happened and we've all been through some of it. When somebody's sick, we're just so much more compassionate and more more diligent about praying for mm-hmm. them, real mm-hmm. prayer for them. We have a woman in our group who lost her son and everybody has just surrounded her. And But it's more, I don't know, it's just more sincere or something because we've all experienced it at some point. So do y'all have hobbies that are not grandchildren related? (laughs) (laughs) I love to paint, but I hadn't painted in a while. I love to paint on canvas with acrylics because I can't do oils because they're way messy and I am terribly messy. But acrylics are water-based, so I love painting. I also (laughs) picture you as a gardener. Yes, I love to garden. But, you know, COVID has cramped my style out in the yard a little bit. We've kind of cut back on what we plant. Now, we like to plant things we can eat. So we have fig trees and blueberries and stuff like that. Oh, I'm um, so impressed. Oh no, I, I'm I'm <laughs> no no no. George is the gardener. I'm the the grunt man that does the weeding and the clipping and all of that. And he tells me how to do that. He does most all of it. I don't like to grunt. <laughs> <laughs> I like being outside. I like I don't care if I get dirty. I don't. I really like mud puddles and I like. Working in the rain. I don't like to be hot and I don't like to sweat. So outside is not one of my favorite places. (laughs) Me either. either. I like it. We're not twins anymore, Jane. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm just where I can the road. (laughs) I like air conditioning. Yeah. So y'all travel. I know all of you, both of you travel. I like to travel. Mm hmm. What's your favorite souvenir? Oh, my oh, goodness. That's a hard question. Mm. <laughs> Can we get back with you next week? <laughs> well, so I have one. That hard. Souvenir. I well, ask my favorite, favorite place to go first. Okay, what's your favorite travel? place to travel? I've been to Israel five times, mm-hmm. and I would love to go back one more time. Mm-hmm. And that is... Um, what would you do this time that you haven't done before? Take more pictures, mm-hmm. eat more different foods, mm-hmm. try to get into Bethlehem because that's hard to do sometimes. I can, I mean, there, there's, I probably could list you 10 things if my brain was working. That's the souvenir that I got back that I have five of, because each trip I got one, was a little olive wood communion cup. We, we decided that we would order a whole bag of them, 50 of them, and George rubbed them down with olive oil so that they, you know, aren't dry. And I handed them out one year to the class before oh, Easter. Oh. And it's a, it's a precious thing. George has his on the sink beside him where he brushes his teeth. I know that's irreverent or whatever, but that's where he has them because he can look at them. <clears throat> Mine are upstairs in my study, and sometimes I'll put a little rosebud in one. or You know, it's just a reminder 
that Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye. And that hasn't changed. And to be able to go there and to, the Southern Steps are one of the places where Jesus actually walked Mm. And to to it's the reality. This right. is not a story. This mm. is not a fairy tale. Mm. This is you know this is true. This is history. This all really happened. Now, fear is that when we teach children about the Bible, we teach them Bible stories. Well, I'm a librarian, children's librarian, and one of my jobs was to teach fiction and nonfiction and what's the difference. So I wonder if they're confused that maybe this isn't real. Maybe this is a fairy tale. Well, and one of the things I love about your teaching is the way you weave it into the historical context. Mm. Every time I'm in a class of yours, I realize how much I don't know about like world history and where mm. biblical history fits into that. Mm. Yeah, isn't it fun um, to see it though? And that's just another confirmation that it is real. Mm. And it was, you know, these were real historical people. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Marilyn? Where do you like to travel? Well, where the one place that I've always wanted to go and I've never gone is Israel. Oh, we need to go together, twin. Now they're twins. I would love that. I would love that. Oh, I want to go if y'all go together. Oh, let's do I want to document that. Let's plan a trip. Right now, we'll go. We'll go. I guess the place, I mean, I like to go to different places, but the place that is maybe my favorite is because I go a lot. (laughs) That's a clue. Is Disney World? I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> magical. It is a wonderful place. Yeah, it's a magical place. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. And so that you know, we're not twins anymore, are we? <laughs> well, you know, I I can see us coming around all that. I've been to Disney World. I'm it is too. a fairy tale. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. What a contrast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did it. Mm-hmm. And you want to know my favorite souvenir from there? Absolutely. Yeah. One time I got pink ears that light up with the music. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is fantastic. You need to wear those one Wednesday. I have a very strong child in me. (laughs) I think that's great. One thing I just wanted to slide in here. Kristen taught on a book called Altered. Yes. And it just really grabbed me. And since COVID, my little group, which is me, my sister, my daughter, my daughter-in-law, and her sister, we're always going on in the spring to the Preset Women's Conference. Well, it's been mixed. And so it had been two years. And do you ever have times when you feel like you're spiritually starving? Mm-hmm. When you teach, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of giving, which I absolutely love. But I find that sometimes the well is dry. So I went to Kristen's study and it just lit me up. Well, that was great. I wasn't expecting that. But the thing that's wonderful is Claire, who is my daughter-in-law's sister, who I don't see very often at all, lives in Huntsville. And she just, like a week after we were through with the study, she called everybody and said, I want to have something at my house. I'm missing the women's study. Sharon, will you bring something that we can study and we'll read it ahead of time. We promise to do what we're supposed to do. that whole nine yards and she had it at her house for a long weekend it was better than the best drink of water you ever had Mm -hmm. it's fantastic and when we got through i mean we were all we still talk about it and it was last summer it was one of those Mm -hmm. yeah it was holy ground it really was you know we we just got to know each other on an entirely different level. I wouldn't say deeper necessarily because mm-hmm. we all know each other pretty well, but on a different level. Mm-hmm. I could watch my sister not be my sister. 
mm-hmm. with everybody else, mm-hmm. which was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different thing. And my daughter, my sister comes to the night class and I get to watch her be a student. And she's the one with the brain the size of a Volkswagen in our family. So she usually knows everything, but I get to watch her truly learn and, and it's precious. Everyone, everything that you came up about how you came to be here and the more you, the more you study, the more you want to tell and the more you tell. And even that story about your, your people that the sister of the daughter-in-law, you know, like that's a, that's, it's God's word certainly is contagious. Oh, that's Um, true. So true. Well, and that, that's dovetailing right in with COVID. mm -hmm. Contagious. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. You can edit that out. That's right. Well, and one of the things, and this is when it's not great that it's a podcast, but I do think sitting here with you, both of you absolutely agree 100% lighting up when you're talking about the word. Mm-hmm. Yours is sitting under your elbow. Do you know how many times you've touched it and talked about it? And your hand just keeps going. Like the imagery there is so beautiful. And I think y'all model it. The the word is who you are. And I'm in the book of James right now in a small group. And a verse that I journaled about just last week was talking about the implanted word. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about mm-hmm. again and again is the implanted word. And I love the message paraphrase, but I'm gonna read it because it reminds me of y'all. In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. That's mm-hmm. y'all, like oh, that is y'all. And so thank you. That's why I wear my sword of the spirit around my neck all the time. Mm-hmm. It is what we live and breathe and who we are, the essence of nourishment. And so it is a joy to sit at this table and be with you. Listeners, what is captivating you today? It's evident in today's episode that Marilyn and Sharon are transfixed by God's word. Did you hear the phrases they use describing their study and teaching of the Bible? I can't wait to tell people. Something always bubbles up. I can't not do it. I'm teaching from the overflow. These women are living examples of what it means to delight in God's word. Listening to their testimony reminds us of Psalm chapter 19, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. May we today, everywhere we are, find God's word to be sweeter than honey, more precious than gold. Amen and amen.